Hello there. This is the Crunchy Christian Podcast, a production of the Ultimate Homeschool Podcast Network. I am a master herbalist, aromatherapist, author, speaker, blogger, and veteran homeschooling mama of four. You can learn more about how I can equip you to pursue God's best naturally at my website, julienaturally.com. And now, today's show. Hey, it's Julie, and welcome to the Crunchy Christian Podcast, where we talk about all things green and growing that God gave us. Special thanks to our sponsor, julienaturally.com. You can visit uh, my website and uh, check out what we have there on natural health and wellness. And uh, today we are going to talk about red clover, its benefits and uses. Red clover has a very special place in my heart because it was one of the plants that really filled the vacant lots and open fields that were a big part of my childhood uh, when I was young, uh, about, you know, seven, eight, nine years old, uh, and learning about plants and digging into that. I love to explore and just try out the plants. And one thing that I noticed about red clover was hidden inside the pinkish red blossomy tops. It just looked really kind of juicy and it tempted me. And so I pluck, I would pluck off the tops and eat them. And I noticed that, uh, the blossoms tasted just a bit sweet. And um, you really shouldn't just eat stuff from the wild. I'll just say that. Um, you know, you might just pick something that makes you feel really sick. So I was lucky, but um, and not to say that I immediately stuck everything in my mouth, but it, it just looked to me like, well, it, it can't possibly be harmful if it if it's sweet and come to find out that of course clover honey comes from clover the flowers right so red clover is very attractive to bees and that is in fact where clover honey comes from I recently had the opportunity to introduce my youngest child my young son uh, he was now 13, so he's not so little anymore. I got the opportunity to introduce him to red clover, and I've had some fun taking him out to the fields and the forests and pointing out things. And the last time we were out, there were some wild raspberries growing, and he got to see that and try that. And he um, got to try some milkweed pods that were very immature that are actually good for food and have a slightly sweet taste also. And I introduced him to my favorite, the red clover, and he thought that was very interesting. So sometimes uh, kids get excited about plants by exploring and doing some crazy 
things like that with somebody who knows something about the plants so that uh, it's safe. So let's dig in a little bit to the history behind red clover. And red clover, the scientific name for red clover is trifolium pretens. And of course, tri uh, alludes to the fact that it has three lobes to its leaves. So it's a th it's the three-leafed clover or uh, the elusive four-leaf clover. But it was first grown in Europe and it was all over the place there. And it has been in use for about 400 years. Now you'll notice 400 years only goes back to about the 1600s. Um, even though... Uh, it was recognized before that, but not necessarily used medicinally. Uh, the ancients called it trifilon, meaning three leaves. And also they would call it clover, which stems from clava, which incidentally also means three-leaved. So while Pagans, their traditions have often associated the three leaves with goddess mythology. Uh, Christians have associated the three-lobed leaves with the Trinity, of course. And the four-leafed clover, which is very hard to find, and that's part of why it's considered lucky, uh, is associated with the four points of the cross. Interesting how these plants that proliferate everywhere come to be associated and with things that have greater meaning for us and how we attribute things to them that aren't, you know, I just aren't necessarily there. But, um, but the plants can carry such symbolism for us. Uh, and the Irish... The, they, they really took it to another level because an old Irish rhyme dating back to the Middle Ages says that a four-leaf clover has one leaf for fame, one leaf for wealth, one for a faithful lover, and one leaf for glorious health. So no wonder they think of a four-leaf clover as lucky. Now, as the Europeans traveled around and spread and conquered and traded all over the world, they took clover with them. And so it spread beyond Europe into North Africa, Central Asia, and North America. And it grows pretty well in most places. Uh, it is not difficult to grow red clover. So when these other cultures encountered this little plant, they, uh, of course, wanted to learn all about it and quickly learned how to use it medicinally. And it is said that it's because of these other cultures that Europeans learned how to use it medicinally. Um, some, some, of the, some of the other cultures may have been a little bit more advanced in their use of plants as medicine. Perhaps that's why 
Uh, Red clover was adopted by Russian herbalists, practitioners of traditional Chinese medicine, and it was adopted by the indigenous Native Americans. Um, And in all of those incidences, uh, it was used to support healthy skin. We're going to learn a little bit more about why red clover was thought to promote healthy skin in just a moment. Now, today, you can find red clover almost everywhere. Backyards, open fields, vacant lots, waste places, prairies, everywhere. It grows, it, it grows everywhere. It has no trouble at all uh, with, um, with finding places to spring up. Uh, Farmers use red clover as fodder for their animals. It makes a great food for them in moderation because if they eat too much of it, it can actually cause sterility. <laughs> um, and that's because uh, it, it is part of the legume family. And members of the legume family, especially soybean, but red clover too, uh, they contain isoflavones. And isoflavones act as estrogen in animals and people too. So you can imagine if animals are munching, munching, munching on lots of red clover, that it can keep them from being able to get pregnant and can um, cause uh, some infertility in the animals. So um, it's, it's used as, as food for animals, but along with some other things. Unless, of course, the farmers want to keep their animals from becoming pregnant, uh, you know, the, it, that may be a good reason to just let them go and eat as much red clover as they want. They also use it as a cover crop. So when they leave a field to lie fallow and don't plant it that year because it's maybe it's been overused. And also the biblical principle is to rotate your crops and let uh, let a field lie fallow every seven years so that the land can rest. So during that time, uh, farmers can plant the field with red clover because red clover actually gives back to the earth. It helps fix nitrogen in the earth so that the soil is more fertile for crops that are planted in subsequent years. So um, just like other types of beans, because the legume family is made up mostly of the dried beans that we're familiar with, um, they they help to fix nitrogen in the soil. So uh, it is a great food also for us. If you eat the young sprouts uh, before you know the plant matures and all that, uh, to have too much of the isoflavones. So when it's there, when it's a young plant uh, and not mature enough for uh, making you have too much estrogen, it uh, can give you a great boost of vitamins A, 
B complex, C, and the antioxidants. Red clover also contains the minerals iron, phosphorus, magnesium, calcium, copper, selenium, molybdenum, tin. Is there anything that it doesn't have? I mean, the list goes on and on. <laughs> With red clover, it's just, it, it's amazing that it's everywhere and it's very nutritious and delicious. So, um, <laughs> but here we go. We get to the part where I'm going to tell you about why it's so good for skin and has some other great uses. So it's great for the skin, as noted by Native Americans, because it is a blood cleanser um, and blood purifier. So your skin acts as a, I mean, it's a giant organ, right? It's the largest organ in your body. And sometimes when your liver and your kidneys and other parts of your body are a little bit overloaded with toxins and you can't get rid of things through your digestive tract and um, through your kidneys, uh, your body will get rid of it through your skin. So red clover helps to, helps to get those things out of your, out of your blood so that it, it results in healthier skin, helps your body detox a little more efficiently. And, um, so that you, you don't have rashes and eczema and things like that happening. It was also one of the ingredients in the famous Hoxie anti-cancer formula of the 1920s and 30s. If you don't know, Harry Hoxie, a naturopathic doctor, was um, he was a pioneer in uh, medical herbalism in the United States, and he started the first cancer clinic uh, in Mexico but he also operated in the U.S. Uh, he used red clover as part of his treatments for cancer. You can imagine if it's a blood purifier, how it would help to get rid of the things that uh, cause cancer and um, helps the body get rid of cancerous uh, cells. But he wasn't the only one. The Thompsonian herbalists also used red clover in their anti-cancer formula, and they were just another group of herbalists at the time, medical herbalists of the time, um, that followed a very Western scientific approach to using plant medicine. Um, so in addition to helping the body through the improving circulation and cleansing the blood and things like that that help it to be a good cancer fighter in addition to that. It also benefits the lungs, interestingly enough, right? So it can be used in treating lung infections and congestion and bronchitis and whooping cough and other kinds of things that... Um, are problems in the lungs, and it does have some antibiotic qualities. 
So it can be used as a gargle for throat soreness and swelling and infections. These are some of the historic ways that red clover has been used. Uh, the most important part that is used, of course, are the dried flowers. And um, you can make, uh, people make a tea from the flowers or a tincture from the flowers. Um, but those, that's the most important part. Now, if you are a person who has uh, an estrogen-dominant cancer, such as breast cancer, uh, you might exercise caution with red clover. Now, it's kind of strange because, okay, on the one hand, red clover has been shown, even by modern research, not, not even just old-timey kind of medicine where, you know, they, they used red clover, but with modern research methods, they have learned that constituents in red clover do help with certain types of cancer. So it helps with cancer, but it also has estrogenic qualities. So finding the balance there can be tricky. So it's really important to talk to a medical professional about that if you are uh, thinking about whether or not uh, you can take red clover if you have one of those cancers or would like to try using it to help you with that. Uh, it also can be contraindicated if you are on hormone replacement therapy. I mean, hormone replacement therapy is providing, you know, right balance of estrogen and progesterone. So taking red clover that has the estrogen qualities on top of that, you can see that that could be a problem. Um, if you are taking birth control for some reason, uh, you know, you uh, may also need to be cautious about using red clover. Uh, and because of its activity in cleansing and purifying the blood, it can interfere with certain medications such as tamoxifen and anti other anticoagulants. Otherwise, it's generally considered a safe herb. Now it grows everywhere. It's it's not hard to find it. In fact, it's free. It's free plant material. It's free herbs, free medicine that's available anywhere. It's anybody can pick it. Anybody can make a tea from it. Anybody can make a tincture from it. Um, I would just remind you that uh, if you choose to do that, uh, you are taking personal responsibility for um, your decision to use that, uh, that um, this program is for educational purposes only. And uh, just keep that in mind. And that is all I have to share with you today about red clover. I hope that you have as much fun with red clover as I have had as a child and even now as an adult. It just gives me special pleasure to find it everywhere because it not only conjures up 
just such wonderful memories, but also it just delights me to just be able to walk along and pluck some of those flowers and just eat them. It's just, there's just a certain satisfaction in that. And I hope that you have just as much fun with that as I have. Now you can connect with me on Facebook at Julie Naturally, and we will see you next week. Thank you for listening to my podcast. Show notes for today's broadcast can be found at crunchychristianpodcast.com. Hit the subscribe button now so you can join me next week. Until then, remember all you need is God, people, and growing things. God bless. God bless.